Chad. Hi, Cameron. I was I was gonna open the show with a song, and then I forgot to write the song and record it. I can open the show with a song. You can do that. I went to the dentist this week. That's a good song. Which is well, every time I go to the dentist, I think of the Chip Skylark song, "My Shiny Teeth and Me," because I have a diseased mind. And so she's like sitting there doing the the drilly thing and polishing my teeth, and it's just like if I listen to this, it sounds painful, but I don't feel anything because it's on my teeth. As long as she doesn't hit the parts that are sensitive, and I'm like kind of laughing, and she's like, "Why? Why are you laughing?" It's like I can't explain. It would make me feel bad. Is that the? Is that like the Joker? I guess. Did you see that movie? The Joker, yeah. Where like he had he had that catchphrase where he'd say you wouldn't get it when he was having a daydream about murdering someone. Yeah. So I just I wonder if you upset your dentist by by like laughing and then saying, "Nah, you wouldn't understand." I mean, it's one of those things. It's like it's more embarrassing to explain the fact that I have a show tune from a cartoon you probably don't remember or give a shit about in my head because it's about teeth. Like, it's stupid. Like, my, I can't, I don't know. Like, I don't want to put her through that. No one should be put through that. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to argue with you there. I, I was being kind and considerate. You know what? My fan is blowing right on the mic. I'm going to move it real quick. You should probably move that real quick. That's better. Okay. You done? So. What? We, is the fan moved? Everything good to go? I don't know. <laughs> it, it is, but it's all tangled in wires, and so I, I don't want to deal with it right now. This is a fun show. I'm, I'm excited. Okay, admittedly, I'm more drunk than normal. We had supper. We went to a bar. We had pizza. I had like two doubles, and then I got home and poured myself another double because it was all I have left. I'm only supposed to drink nine drinks a week now. I, I set that limit to myself, and I fucked that up hard tonight. So you use the word supper. Yeah. You you think you're better than me? Should I have said dinner? You you're walking in here with your with your college attitude and your your vocabulary and you you throwing your Whoa. weight around. Hey, I I can afford ten drinks. What do you, what do you got wrong with the sup sup, motherfucker? It's not normal. Do you not say supper? No. What do you say? Dinner. They're the same thing. No, they're not. Yes, they are. No, they're not. I'm Jesus. I had a last supper, but I'm going to have another one tomorrow. What I'm was, um, better than Jesus. I have more than one supper. That that was... You're you're breaking the record. <laughs> he set the bar, and you passed it. At the bar. Well, you know, he forgives me. Did you hear the mayor of New York is outlawing uh, hot wings? What? Not to get political, but I just find that interesting. Like, define, like, like... Heated so, wings or spicy wings? Um, spicy wings. But they're the best wings. So, well, that's what everyone's all mad about. So, the the problem is, um, it, uh, business is supposed to be closed unless they provide an important service. So bars are like, well, people can buy hot wings, and that counts as dinner. So that means we're providing food for people. And people go to the bars and get sick. So he's saying, okay, hot wings don't count as dinner anymore. You can't keep your bars open. Hmm. So now everyone's like defending hot wings, but really they're just defending opening bars. But it okay. turns into this this conversation about hot wings. And I'm kind of like, I think hot wings are a dinner. I think hot wings are. If you go to Buffalo Wild Wings, you have wings and you have fries and that's dinner. 
So this this whole topic got me to go to Buffalo Wild Wings today. I haven't been to B Dubs in a while. How was it? Oh, it was the delight. Um, I don't go there often. I think I've been there like a total of three times in my life. But there's one near my work that I found out. So it's like, oh, well, you know, if I want, to, if I need a treat, you know, if it's if it's my birthday, and I want to feel good, I'm, you know, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna have really weak willpower and go there every week. <laughs> and um. So I went and I got some spicy garlic wings, and I honestly I don't care for the fries. I'm gonna just order a thing of wings next time. Sure, because I don't need the extra carbs anyways. Their, I'm their trying potato to, wedges I'm, are good. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. But I am trying to like just eat less carbs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, don't so get I've, them and dip them in ranch. But I, mean, I have do. decided to stop like encouraging French fries. I I just I come to a realization that I don't actually like French fries that much. Because hmm. at most places they're not made well. Sure. So I'm, I've I've raised my bar. I'm gonna be extra picky. I I've become a very picky eater in my my hopes to lose weight. I'm just that's going fair. like you know what I uh, you know maybe it's tempting to go to McDonald's, but I think about it and it's like hey that's not a hamburger that's an insult and I don't go anymore. Mm-hmm. You know I'm trying to apply that logic to more things. Yeah, I was trying to do that tonight and then I got drunk and I'm just like you know this is garbage calories. I feel great. I'm gonna. I won't tomorrow morning probably. I'm gonna feel bloated, and if I'm oh, you should not headachey. I mean, you should feel happy once in a while. I honestly, man, junk food isn't so problematic that you should never touch it. It's just not a thing you should make a habit of. Yeah, I'm doing good on drinking less. Like, like I said a thing this month, and I've hit it every week, but this one. And honestly, the one of the reasons why I was like, okay, we went out and had fun at at at, and had some really good pizza, like like my favorite pizza in the area. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna record podcasts with Cameron. I might as well just finish what I got here because this is gonna be a good time. I maybe I won't if, drink next week. I, I can make it work. I'll offset it, it. But still, you're 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 off to a good start for something goal for the month. Okay, I got work done on my house. I got a, got a vanity installed, new kitchen sink. Like, I don't know. Today was a good day. Well, that's good. Looks great. Like, I was a little I was a little nervous. Plumber was supposed to show up at twelve. Didn't show up till two. But. uh... And he was also here, for, like I said, for a couple hours. But man, he did a really good job. Looks good. That's good. I um, I want to complain. Should we talk about the show stuff? Yeah. What are we talking about tonight? Uh, what? Well, I mean, I we'll we'll talk about whatever we feel like. But I want to complain briefly. Did you watch the Microsoft Xbox special? I watched hour? the Halo, uh, thing they did because Joe's like, dude, you got to watch the Halo thing. Okay. Well, what's your take on the Halo thing? Okay, I was really. Imp- it's so state. Like, I liked it. It looks great. I, wa- I want to play the new Halo game. I hope it has couch co-op. But also, when you're watching a gameplay trailer like that, it is specifically staged, and they've practiced, and they've done everything they could to make it look perfect and seamless. And you could, t- like, watching that, I was, like, so kind of, like, taken out of my element, just the way how smooth he would move the controller to, like, follow stuff and make sure you get, like, the background and everything, and then loop around so you see the thing coming. And everything felt just so planned. Like, I'm going to throw a grenade right here. I'm going to grab this thing and throw the thing so the bad guys don't shoot me. Like, it was very choreographed. And you could tell it was choreographed despite it trying really hard not to be. Which isn't a problem. It's just kind of like a funny thing about the nature of the beast, right? Like, you're trying to sell a thing and you're trying to make it look like this is what it's like when you play. But it's not. Because you don't aim that well. And your, your thumbstick isn't that smooth. They're probably using a mouse and keyboard. And you don't know the level from scratch, so you don't know when to throw with shields down. And it, it's funny. 
Okay, I was super underwhelmed. Okay, that the Halo thing tickles a lot of nostalgia because it looks like Halo One. The music's really good. That's it. Kind of reminds me of Halo problem. One. Um, <laughs> I I I feel like um they they're very clearly trying to do that. Like they tried to move the series forward, and that wasn't working out. So this was very much uh. We're not making Halo Six. We're we're doing we're doing this thing. For guess what? The story it's about a Halo, and you're yeah, a Master sure. Chief, and that's it. And it's like okay, good, but it it reminded me of watching like 360 footage with like 360 level AI and animations, and the quality of the graphics is up, like the draw distance is up, but like the models kind of look like things from current. Like they, they don't look, look cartoony. They. Well, I mean, they just, they looked fine. They didn't emote or anything. Like, it was kind of... It's weird, because I'm playing DMC5 right now. And yeah. It's fun. And I also, I feel like it doesn't always run perfect on my computer, but it seems like it looks better. Like, things look really realistic when they want to in that game. And then this looked a little cartoony, which is, I don't mind. I have not a problem with that. But it to me, Halo is sort of like cutting edge. How realistic can we get? And it's like, well, I've seen The Last of Us Part Two. You're not that. Well, that's the thing. Like, I'm playing um, Ghost of Tsushima. I got my dad. Well, we'll talk about that later, too. But I got my dad into Red Dead 2 because he he never got around to playing it. So I moved the PlayStation out into the the living room. And so he's playing that. And I've been like watching him do that and and stuff. And um, what's the other one we're doing? Uh, Well, like The Last of Us just came out. But it's like all these games looked better than the Halo demo. Mm hmm. And it's not just like some Halo sequel. It's like this was their flagship launch title. You need to upgrade the most powerful gaming machine ever to see this. And it's like if you pause it, like someone pointed out, if you take a screenshot from the demo, it looks like a 360 game kind of. That's been like polished a little bit. I don't really Nothing, care. It, well, but it's that's the thing is I've seen it before. Like, the whole marketing thing of Halo 3 was finish the fight, and right. I feel like the fight's still finished, and there's no reason for me to fight again. I mean, the Halo narrative's kind of weird, right? Like, it, Halo it 4, like, Master Chief becomes Jesus and you save the day, and then Halo 5 shows up and it's like, Master Chief did a bad sometimes, we have to capture him. And there's more to the story there, but I, Halo 5 to me is very forgettable. Gameplay was fine. And and so you have that, that walk, you know, it's a first-person shooter, you're shooting people online, you're having fun. It plays well, it feels good, but then there's a very big story element, and it's like, I didn't like that at all. And so, watching this was sort of like, oh, this is like Halo 1, but it looks a bit prettier, and I feel like there's maybe some comedy. And I really like the new weapons, the gameplay looks great, uh, I like the the grapple thing, that looks really fucking fun, like, this, I'm a sucker for exactly what they're selling. Like, they made this basically for me and people like me, like, hey, they, maybe yeah. you didn't like Halo 5? Fucka, this one. This one's like Halo 1. Remember Halo 1? You had good times with Halo 1. I was like, I did yeah. have good times with Halo 1. No, they're they're doing a good job with what they're doing. It's just that I personally, and I've seen a lot of comments along the same train of thought that I'm on. I am sure. so beyond this style of shooter where I, I just, I don't think I can take the time to try and enjoy it. See, I want more I, of this shooter. I'm, I oh, have yeah. not grown beyond it. Yeah, there's there's a totally there's a market for this, not just the Halo nostalgia, but specifically like this genre of shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Doom has a lot of overlap there. Yes, like everyone that got excited about Doom, 
it's just that I don't think that audience is as wide as it was because it used to be like Halo 3 was this thing that helped the 360 win the console war. Like right. that was like this is what a shooter is. This is online multiplayer is. This is what a game is. And then like eventually somewhere between Call of Duty and Fortnite, Halo still feels like it exists on a 360. Yeah. Um I, I got that Master fair. Chief collection on PC and I have my my I got a Microsoft controller and I'm playing Halo Reach. And it's like, man, I, I kind of hate this. And I put it down after one night, and I, I have not been tempted to try it again. Oh, man, see, my brother and me and then his friends, uh, we, we've definitely done some Reach. Not enough, as much as I'd like, uh, but then I have so bad at getting time to play games. But like when, yeah. when we did play, it was so fun, because it, it felt like being back in Reach and being in college again. And it's like, hey, I'm going to throw in some fucking Disturbed, and we're going to listen to... to inside the fire we're gonna shoot but the fuck out of some guys like I, I wanted to i wanted to play that game that i spent a bunch of hours on i wanted to play my green day playlist um and it's like hey i'm getting kind of frustrated with overwatch we could do this every week let's play halo reach yeah i got so excited i bought it and then i was so put off by it like i tried playing with joe and it's like i yeah i hate this so much and i just stopped so i i know i'm not the audience and you are Right. So I was looking forward to hearing your take on it because if you were also pessimistic about it, that's a major red flag. My my worry is all about couch co-op because other than Halo Five, I've played every Halo game with my brother. And well, I think except Halo. No, because we, we had the Master Chief Collection, so we played the yeah, early I, ones too. Um, I think they're totally beyond couch co-op. I now. know. I hate it. I miss that. It, like that is like legitimately my favorite thing about video games is playing with other people. And it's like, hey, you yeah. know what? You have to have two consoles to play with other people now. And it's like, fuck off. That's awful. That's literally yeah. like what I did not grow up with. And that's what it's become. And it's like, why don't you play video games anymore? It's like, I don't know, because I only want to play single player stuff because there's no multiplayer shit I want to play anymore. Because fuck Overwatch. Oh, that's what I say. It, the thing is, though, is I think this is coming to PC and there will be co-op that way. So... I mean, I'll have to buy a copy, and Joel will have to buy a copy, but fine. It's, it's not as bad as having to buy two systems. Right, like, imagine, <laughs> it's, it's like, okay, well, at least we don't need two TVs. Yeah, it's like, it, with the cross-platform stuff, like, actually, um, I play Battlefront 2 every week with my other friend, and uh, we're talking about getting that Star Wars Squadrons game, but I'm going to get it on PC so I can play in, like, VR proper, and I have mm. my, my whole controller set up. And he's kind of bummed out, but I was telling him, no, dude, it has cross-platform. So I can literally, I have, like, my joystick flight throttle, like, keyboard built here with my VR headset, and I can get into a party with him on his PS4, and we could play that game together. And it's like, okay, this is the gaming future that people should be talking about. I don't care about the ray tracing half as much as this stuff. Sure. My brother's getting that way with VR, too. Like, he played Boneworks recently all the way through oh yeah like, he's been uh, talking about that a lot holy shit that game sounds amazing yeah and i'm afraid it's gonna make me want to vomit but i also want to play it well you gotta you gotta get your vr legs so we can do more vr chat i know even though you're bored with the concept and not interested i'm gonna keep bugging you uh, I, I there's vr stuff I, honestly i might get half-life alex i, I really want to play a good vr game and i know that will be one because valve do good work and while I don't have a lot of like nostalgic or just any connection to Half Life, I think the the novelty of playing a, a first person shooter in VR will well, be a lot just, of fun. Why don't you just play on Joe's account though? 
Because I gotta go bother him on his computer, and he's doing important shit, like playing Siege. No, like, do the family share on Steam. Oh, I forgot that's a... Yeah, we could just swap accounts. Are you buying, like, every game twice? No. Okay. I buy, like, no games. Okay. I've bought a game. Yeah. You and Joel buy me more games than I buy me games at this point. That's true. We need to play that that, that uh, top-down shooter again at some point, that roguelike. Um, oh, Synthetic. That was fun. That's a good game. Oh, was it? I, I got the feeling you weren't actually that into it, so I didn't push it. No, no, no. The, I enjoyed that. It's just, like, I basically budget, like, th- maybe three hours of video games a week because I have yeah. so much other stupid shit I do. Yeah, I get that. I want to... I hate it. Like, I want to balance my life more, and, and but I, there's literally not enough hours in the day unless I stay up till midnight, and then I need sleep or I'm a cranky bitch. I just can't do it. So... The other thing, um, the the rest of the Microsoft thing. Uh, do you have anything else about Halo? No, other than I think it looks really fun. I have no idea what the story is. It looks like, oh, we're on another Halo ring. We have to blow it up. It's like, fucking fine, whatever. I, yeah. I, I'm definitely more interested in the gameplay, and the gameplay looked I, really good. I Yeah, I kind of, I'm also a little burnt out on open world. So I, I feel really like... I really hope it's not super open world, because I don't like open world games. Well, that's the thing. I I feel like they started working on this three years ago, mm. and the the trends have changed enough that I hope they're flexible. Me too. Um, because that is coming out this year. I which... swear to God, if this has couch co-op, it's gonna be the best game ever because it won't matter. Yeah, it won't, it won't though. It fucking won't. So yeah, I don't think it'll even have online co-op. I think it'll just have the multiplayer versus. That would legitimately piss me off. Like that's the thing. I I don't know what to expect with this. Really, I I don't I don't know. I don't even know one way or the other. I'm not gonna say. So, other stuff. Um, the the whole presentation was really pathetic, and I it can it convinced me that I don't have to consider an Xbox, which is like a weight off my shoulder that I don't have to debate which version to get. I'd say, sure. oh, okay, I'll just get a PlayStation when I want to. Um, they had this really cringy uh, Psychonauts. They got Jack Black in to do some voice work. That's cool. Yeah. And so there's this like super cringy documentary thing where it's like, hey, look, I'm the director and I, I'm friends with Jack Black. That makes me cool, right, guys? I need my internet cred. And that made me very sad. Um, oh, what was the other? They Oh, there's a new 40K game from the Vermintide people. Oh, really? So they're doing a Vermintide in the 40K universe. It, and it's the same thing. It's a four-player Left 4 Dead kind of thing. You fight zombies. Just you're on a spaceship with laser guns. I'm down for that. That sounds fun. Uh, yeah, that actually... I, I thought Vermintide was pretty good. That coming to PC? Uh, definitely. I mean, I'll fuck up some ro- monsters Left 4 Dead style with you and Joe. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll keep an eye out for that. Um, I'm trying to... Re- I can't even remember some of the other games. They announced a new Rare game. And that was kind of sad to think about. Yeah, I remember when like, Rare oh, did things Rare. that I cared about. Yeah, it's Back like that's on the thing. Nintendo 64. Every announcement was kind of like, well, this isn't for me. Or, uh, oh, I remember when I used to care about stuff like this. Did, did they start designing this 10 years ago when someone would care? Like, that was my whole vibe with the Xbox. I, <laughs> so good job, Microsoft. You Wait, did all it. the Rare people are doing the ukulele <laughs> thing. They're in that studio and making games from Nintendo 64 time now that no one cares about anymore. It's weird. I'm so cynical to video games. Well, I mean, you should be. It's all... It's, it's it, awful. I mean, except for, like, 
this the good stuff that gets through the cracks is just that you can't go to like if you go to IGN, whatever they're talking about probably isn't worth your time. Devil May Cry Five is really fun. Yeah, that was a good one. I'm still not um, through it. I'm so slow. I only play like an hour a week because I'm garbage. But I hit a really cool like plot point. I'm like, I need to get back into this. I'm gonna play V again. V turns out really fun. Controlling his animals. You got like two different uh, things going on. Like as far as combos go, like you, you get the bird to combo into the cat to combo into the bird. Like it's cool. Nice. That Rawr. game actually really did turn out good, though. Yeah, it's fun. I wish there was more fighting in it. Like, like I'll get to a, a room and I'll fight like ten guys, and I'm like, "Yeah, give me more." And they're like, "Okay, you did, you beat the room." And well, dude, like, just do I'm, the tower. I'm not done with it yet. I like I haven't got to that point. Okay, you gotta. You'll you'll enjoy the tower. I want to fuck some shit up, goddammit. Like they're demons. I want to kill them. Yeah, you you will enjoy the tower. Killing demons is is like, like killing Nazis. Like you you don't feel bad about it. I feel more bad about killing demons than Nazis. Um, did you want to talk about Ghost of Tsushima? Yes, yes, tell me about Ghost of Tsushima. It, it's so fucking good, dude. Mm. I get lost in that game. I spent, I think on Wednesday, um, I came home from work, and it's like, well, I want to play a little bit before my dad wants on the PlayStation. And then, like, four hours later, it's like, oh, I guess I'm not going to do anything else tonight. Nice. <laughs> so I played a couple more hours. <laughs> So are you playing? You're playing in that old school like mode, right? Where it looks like an old movie. Yeah, it's literally labeled Kurosawa mode. Um, I wanna try, I, I'm like really. It like intrigued. fucks up the audio, so it actually sounds like an old movie. Like nice. They they commit to it. the The contrast is just right. Every everything I do looks cinematic and cool. But what I love is just the the romance of the the samurai code. Like, it's really cool to have neat like. Uh, sword fights, you know, you, you you want that stuff in the trailer, yeah. But what's amazing is how there's this whole thing where like the entire island is under attack, and the the Mongolians are everywhere, and and villages are being burned. But it's also not about like run around and kill everybody. It's like you literally have to like, you, <laughs> it really encourages you to maintain a balance where. Like you'll you'll be like walking through the woods and there's a button you can swipe on the thing to pull out a flute and play a relaxing like song that represents the weather. Or you can um yeah, you'll stumble upon these like interesting like there's these hot baths. So you'll just you can take a bath, but while you're in there it'll ask you to meditate on something. So you climb into the bath and then it says, like, do you want to reflect on your favorite food or how your father was? you can can choose one and you'll just think about like you know when the war is over i'm gonna have my favorite fish or whatever and and a side of of fried seaweed that will be nice and then you get you get out of the bath and you put on your armor and go back to war um the best one when you find a scenic vista sometimes there'll be like a little like meditation mat and you can walk up to it and you push a button and you'll sit down and you put your sword down, and you just meditate, and you write a haiku, and That's it goes cute. into this haiku mini game. Oh where God, really? It you in first person, you look at this, the at nature around you, and you have to like look around, and each like part of nature has words, and so you actually write a haiku. So you look at the trees, and you think about how high trees grow, or you look at the reflection of the pond, and you think about like reflecting on the world itself. And you basically put together a three-line haiku, 
and he reads it aloud, and then you get a headband, and there's a custom headband for each haiku in the game. But there's a description, like the, the flavor text in the menu is the haiku you wrote, so you get to carry that with you. So you can wear your he- your headband, and like it's it, it leans into this stuff <laughs> where it's like the the peaceful, um, mental part of being a samurai, not just the crazy cool warrior, right? Um, if you jump out of the shadows and assassinate somebody, you have a flashback of when your uncle was training you to not kill people, and how if you if you have to fight someone, you look them in the eyes when you kill them. And he, like, shames you in your memory, and you go, I'm sorry, Uncle, when you, like, kill the guy. Um, I'm not that sorry, Uncle. I want to kill him from behind. It's easier. If you swipe down on the D-pad, you'll, like, do a really courteous bow. Oh, really? And so I, I was like, I was wondering, well, what is that for? Like, the, it doesn't tell you to do that in the game. But there was a part where I'm riding through the this path, and I'm headed north a bit. And, um, <laughs> and I come around the bend... And then there was a battle that happened, and it's like, oh, it's really sad. And you see, um, there's like a dead samurai that's like his body is like still leaning up, and he was impaled with his own sword, and that's like holding his body up on the top of this hill. And it's like, well, that's kind of fucked up. So I took the time to get off my horse and walk up to him and bow. And the character like said aloud, like, you deserve better than this. And I realized that, oh, there's a bunch of context stuff where if I find, like, dead villagers, I can bow and he'll, like, vow to avenge them. Oh, that's cool. And when you do this stuff, there's, like, a... There's kind of this light metaphor thing going on where, like, your your old caretaker told you when your father died that um that your father would still guide you in the wind. And so the wind is literally your radar in the game. Like, if you set a waypoint, the wind blows that way to guide you. So you're not following a red blinking marker. You just follow the way that the the leaves carry you. That's awesome. It's so much more romantic. You just like tonally. That is so cool. Like, it's so fantastical and just. It. Oh my perfect. god! Like it's like poetic, right? That's so cool. But then paired with that, um, your mother's favorite bird was these yellow birds that would soar around the island. And there's legend that those birds are the only ones that know all the secrets of the island. And so whenever you hear this specific chirp, you'll see this yellow bird fly by, and it guides you to the little waypoints that you can discover in the open world. So it'll be like, it'll be chirping, and if you decide to follow the bird, it'll take you over to this cliffside, and it'll it'll circle a bit and then disappear. And if you explore the cliffside, you'll notice there's a little cave, so if you climb down, you get in there, and then you'll find, like, a a new sword. And there's, like, a story behind the sword and the, and the, the samurai that died defending, and he always overlooked this cliff or whatever. Like, there's so much detail and charm. <laughs> I, I really can't get over how good it is. I have to check this out. This sounds really cool. I, I just love the aesthetic of playing in that, like, old-school movie mode. That, too. I <coughs> it, it feels like a shame to not enjoy the color, because it's a very, very pretty game. Sure. But they capture the old black-and-white look so amazingly. I upgraded my armor, so I have, like, a full, like, really cool, intimidating-looking set of, like, samurai armor. But I also got this cool, like, ronin robes and a straw hat, and it's like, oh, I don't know which one to use. (laughs) And they have different uses, too. So it's like, I I put on my traveling outfit when I'm going around, but then it's, like, time for the big battle. Um, You can, like, when there's a base to overtake, you can try to, like, observe it and figure out the weak points and how you're going to attack, or you can try to go around and assassin everybody with your ninja outfit. Um, but I like to put on the armor, and I just walk in the front gate, 
and I push a button to declare that their challenger comes out, and you have a samurai duel. Nice. Where it's like the first one to move loses kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and then after that, you have to fight everyone else. They all know you're there. And so it's like, okay, you can do the stealth thing, or you can be honorable and fight the Mongolians. I'm like, yeah, I would do that one. <laughs> so I, I really, I love this game, man. It sounds really fun. It's funny, I'm playing like the exact opposite, because I'm playing DMC, and it's just like the exact opposite in tone, right? Where it's just like the dumbest thing and bombastic, and it, it knows it, and it fucking it just revels in it. You, you, you fight your way through like some weird shit in place in hell. Or like underneath the ground or whatever. You walk forward and you find a, a a phone booth. And if you call the phone booth, your partner who drives a truck like shows up and sells you stuff. And you do this before bosses so you can upgrade. And so I, I walk over and I call it. And, and he calls her. And she's, he's like, hey, can you can you get here? And she's like, hell yeah. And then your character walks around a bit, finds a porno mag, and starts reading it. And just like falls asleep with it on his face. And then she just like plows through the earth or whatever. And is like, hey, I finally made it. And then you go to upgrade your stuff and fight a boss. And it's like, that tone is basically the entire game, unless you're playing the other dude who looks like Kylo Ren and is just emo as fuck. Yeah, isn't his weapon like poetry? Yeah, he. Like, <laughs> if you want to power up a thing, you push a button and he pulls out his like Necronomicon and just reads angsty-ass poetry to himself. <laughs> and it's so great, I fucking love it. Like, more games need to have the balls to just be stupid. In the, like an elegant way, like it's not just dumb. It 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 serves a purpose. Like it clearly knows what it's doing. It bases its whole philosophy around like we want to make this kind of game and tell this kind of story. And it's it's really freeing because it you don't give a shit, but you do. Like I want to know how the story continues, but I also know that's gonna be dumb as fuck. It I don't have to be invested, but I, I'm curious. But like you said, they they know what they are, mm-hmm. and they do it right. In the and gameplay, seriously, I fun. love that game. Is good. Um, if we're if we're reviewing stuff, I've been playing another game that's not good. Oh no. Um, I I don't know what it is this charm, but I love playing old MMOs that should have shut down ten years ago. Oh god, that that is a super sentence you would say. Yeah, so I I got back into APD, which, which I that? haven't I haven't touched in forever. It's like a it's like a Grand Theft Auto. MMO. Oh. And it's kind of like Warcraft, one. where there's like factions. So you can choose to be on the gang side or the police side. Oh, yeah, yeah. You sent me some screenshots of this. You're like tricking out your car with yeah, the decals. Yeah, I made a really funny car. I was going to make a cool like police car, but I thought like, well, no, I, I should be creative. I should think of something. Right. So I, I made the emotional counseling force. And on the side, there's like a, a hotline. So it says 1-800-GET-HELP. And there's like a very peaceful, serene tree with leaves blowing out of it logo. And on the hood of the car, in like bold love letters, it just says, calm down. Yeah. And I and I customized the uh, siren to the like high-pitched British siren. So it's like the most ear-piercing, annoying one. Mm-hmm. And it's like roam through the streets, like tearing through as fast as I can. And I, I jump out of the car with my um, emotional counseling force uniform and just start shooting people. And it just makes me laugh. And I think customizing that car is the only fun I had in that game. Oh, no. I, I honestly, I don't know what the game actually is. I feel like I'm doing it wrong. Um, I queued up to play. It says, when you're ready to play, like you have your gun equipped, you got your grenades, 
you got your shotgun and all of your upgrades and stuff, you could push the K to radio. So push K, and then like I get a call on the radio, and it says, you have to investigate a painting got stolen at the museum. So I drive over to the museum, and it's like, push I to investigate. And I stand there, and like a meter fills up. And it says, take the evidence back to the lab. And it's like, okay. I go back to the lab, and I stand next to a door, and it says, you win! And I leveled up, and I'm like, oh. I thought, I thought this was a shooting game. Like, I think there's PvP, but I saw a gang guy, and he, like, tried to run me over, but my character wouldn't get hit by the car, so he was just pushing me around. <laughs> and it's like, I don't understand what this game is. At all. Broken. Um, now, I love the custom logos. Like, you can you can do your own art in the game. And paste it all over so you can make your own clothes and tattoos and, and the car and everything. But you can also make your own music. Ooh. There's like a MIDI tool that's, that's actually cool. pretty powerful. And you can actually, you can make a song and there's like social areas where you can go to a DJ booth and like queue up your song. Uh, but you can also make a little jingle and the jingle plays when you kill another player. So that's like your signature. And it's like, what a, what a neat idea. I'm surprised this hasn't come up in other games, because this is really kind of neat. Yeah. Um, there's things about the game where it's like, I get why people still log in, because it was active when I hopped in. But I'm not I'm not enjoying myself yet. <laughs> that sucks. It's like, with Star Trek Online, I got a goal, and then I spent years on it, because I was enjoying myself. I, I give this, like, I'm going to try, like, one more time, and if I don't get to fire my gun once... After a couple more hours of trying, I'm gonna just leave. I I love I know and I've brought this up so many times, but I you've played so many MMOs, you've encountered so much weird shit. Like I feel like you have like a book's worth of stories about <laughs> the dumb weird things you've done in video games, whether it's World of Warcraft, the Final Fantasy thing, um the other eight you've played, the the VR chat, like you seek out these weird things. You don't seek them out. They just happen to you, but you're there, and you're, like, open to them, and, it's, and that's why it works. And I don't know. Like, you've lived a very charmed video game life, and I like that. I like. I, I really appreciate that, and I, would, I think other people would, too. If you could, like, find a way to convey it to people, they'd be like, man, the Internet's weird, and this guy, he knows he's seen some shit. Like, I like him. Did you see the other MMO that got announced today? Or I yesterday? did not. So you heard Fantasy Star Online 2 came to the North America finally? Apparently. So that game came out eight years ago. But it's finally North America release. Huh. It's like, well, why? So yesterday they announced Fantasy Online 2 2, where they're going to reboot it. And it's, it pretty much sounds like a new game because it's on a new engine and completely different. And you don't carry over anything, but they're still calling it Fantasy Star Online 2. And it's very confusing, but it is an MMO. Like, the trailer they showed off looked like a single-player game, so, like, literally everyone's confused. Hooray! Hooray. Why is marketing so hard in 2020? Why do we keep doing dumb things we shouldn't do? I don't know. <laughs> that could apply to, like, so many different things, by the way, what I just said. Like, I say that, and you're like, oh, I, you immediately have an idea of what I'm talking about, and it might not even be what I'm talking about. Oh, uh, so, like, they're still, they're still doing MMOs, I guess. I don't know. They are. 
Um, Star Trek Online has a new expansion. I'm probably going to check that out before I try APB again. Sure. It's it. They announced this year is going to be Year of the Klingon, and they promised a bunch of Klingon updates. And then it's like, well, hey, you know, we're going to be working from home a lot, so not all the updates might come out this year. I want to know how the Klingons fuck. Um, they well, the, <laughs> they they do talk about that a lot in the show. Um, <sighs> you, I, you know, honestly, I'm surprised you don't watch more Star Trek because I feel like you would actually enjoy it. I bet I would, especially if they talk about how the Klingons fuck. I bet there it's was logically. a really good episode where they had like exchange. Uh, That's Vulcans. Wait, wait. What? Which ones are the Klingons? The Klingons are like Worf. Oh shit! You're right. They do. I have seen a couple episodes of Star Trek where they talk about how the Klingons fuck. You're right. I was yeah. thinking of Vulcans. I thought we were talking about Spock. So that was in the original series. Um, once every seven years, they want to fuck. Can and you like, like? Can you like set like an egg timer to that? But you just turn it so many times until it's seven years. Pretty much. I like and the they, idea of having someone put that in his phone. He's like, seven years from now, this will ding, and I will wish to fuck. And they just, they have so much, um, like, pent-up raw energy from being logical for seven straight years. They must that they come have to, a lot. Well, that's the thing. They either have to, like, take a mate, or they have to kill something, or they'll literally die. What if like, they just the, jerk off? I Well, that would be rude. Because that was also a plot in Voyager, where their Vulcan... That like he he's married, so he didn't want to like cheat on his wife. That's on the other side of the galaxy. So they're like, we have a holodeck. You could just use the holodeck. And he's like, uh, no, I'll be fine. And then he like almost died. He's just like doing into a plant or something. Pretend you're a cat. I uh, like honestly, I feel like the episode would be written differently today. Dude, I want to do. You should write. You should. You cause you can draw. You could make this a comic. <laughs> Where a Klingon just like jerks off onto a plant, and then the plant looks like it's covered in white frosting. I I love that you think of me when you have your your Vulcan fantasies. I do. It means a lot. I, you're my good. You're my good friend, Cameron. So <laughs> please draw me Vulcan porn. Um. Anyways, what were we talking about? Oh, the Klingons. So it's yeah. you're the Klingon, not you're the Vulcan. The the Klingons have cling wrap. I don't know what that is. Like, like you know, cling wrap, you put over the microwave, you put it over your food, clings to the sides of the, the bowl. Oh, cling wrap. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. No, they don't, Um, they only eat food that's still alive. That's stupid. We I went microwaves. We, we went to the Star Trek restaurant at, in Las Vegas, and the, the Klingon walked over and was complaining that our, our food was dead and it was boring to him, so he left. That was a good vacation. That sounds like a fun restaurant. I would. It was. If I got drunk there, it would be a problem because I would just start saying really stupid shit. I. You you know Maria Bamford? No. She's a comedian. Okay. Um. She's she's the she's the woman of a dozen voices. That sounds. You ever heard that? She she does. I'm trying to remember any of her jokes now, and it's mostly like she has a high voice, a low voice, and. And she talks about like mother issues. You haven't, you, you know Maria Bamford. I've probably heard her. Like it's one of those things. Like I play a skit. I'm like, oh, it's her. She talks about like her pugs and how if you if you adopt a pug, they make you go to pug training. 
And there's a really serious guy telling you about how, like, these are not smart animals. They will kill themselves. You think your little, <laughs> your little Sergeant Squiggles or your Yoda looks so cute in that collar until you walk in the living room and see he's hanging from the armchair. And, and then Maria's, like, giggling because it's, like, it's like how their eyes bug out and they're choking. <laughs> you don't remember that? No, but that's funny. Oh, wow. I would laugh so at she, that. She used to work in Vegas. No at shit. a Star Trek restaurant as part of the like, the, like roleplay group where, like, they have people hang out in character and they would do, like, a Star Trek, like, tour guide in Vegas and thing. And and she did this whole routine where, like, it was it was an example of what she would do on the tour bus or whatever. And <laughs> there'd be, like, you know, she's she's talking about, it's like, oh, yes, you, you, um, you visitors from Earth or whatever and things. And, and uh, yes, I am from Bajor. I'm a Bajoran from the planet Bajor. He's like, there's a stain on your uniform. It's like, ah, oh, yes, the, the Federation does not give me allowance for, for dry cleaning. Now, do they, Terry? No, they do not. None of this ringing a bell? No, I've, I don't know what the fuck you're on about. I like the idea of someone just bitching about a guy named Terry. Like, every time a problem comes on, it's like, well, it's clearly Terry's fault, but it's very passive-aggressive like that. Like, I would laugh at that. I strongly recommend you look up Maria Bamford. Okay. Because she's, she's uh, up your alley, Chad. She had a really good special on um on Netflix. It's a little more recent. Sure. I miss comedy. I used to watch so much comedy when I was in like college, especially like. Granted, they were all the comedians at the time, so it was like Dane Cook and and uh, and the like. Uh, Daniel yeah. Tosh, but like I, I I enjoyed it. Right, it was a thing that was fun to do was to watch new comedians and try to find the good ones. And then I I really just fell off on it, and I feel like I should try and do that again. But I don't know. I'm such a cheap bastard, and it's like I don't have Netflix streaming. Which I should just get. That would solve the problem. There we go. <clears throat> uh, or whatever. Wait until you do. Yeah. Or don't. I don't know. Uh, we, we've been reviewing a lot of things. Did you want to review that album? Oh, we could do that. I, I was going to say, you that, say for the, that for the... You can save it for the comics podcast. I was going to say for a glad space. <laughs> oh, you can do that too. We'll do that. Did you watch okay, the have, uh, Jane Nicholson video? Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, so Jenny Nicholson uploaded a new video talking about, like, it's like a post-mortem of the Brony fandom, yeah. in a way. Um, I thought that was a very interesting piece, and I like the amount of, like, time and research she put into the whole thing. I enjoyed it. She she has a lot of personal experience, but you could also tell that she, like, made sure she knew what she was talking about. I feel like, and it's funny, so, I'm in a, a Brony Discord... For reason I don't know why, but I am like it. It, it was from a forum on it. Just I'm in it, whatever. And uh, the guy that runs that has been super fucking bitter about this video of hers. He has not watched it, and he will be the first to tell you he has not watched it. But he's heard things that he thinks are wrong, and it's it's like, dude, you're an adult. I know you're an adult. You're like in your late thirties or early forties. Stop being such a fucking pussy about this. Either watch it or don't care. Like. Cause his whole thing is like, well, I guess the Brony fandom's dead. I'll have to tell all the people who are still in the Brony fandom it's dead. And it's like, no, it's, it's declined to the point where it literally it's gone. Like, no one gives a shit. Gen 4.5 sucks. I've watched enough episodes. I can confirm it's bad. The last season of MLP was bad. Like, it, it, it's fine. You could admit this shit. And I don't, I don't know what his deal is. It's so weird. 
So I find something especially ironic about that situation. Um, Jenny had a great story about her first BronyCon where she walked up to a stranger and then he was indignant towards her for being a woman. Yeah. And like not recognizing his OC. That was so funny. She doesn't even know who my OC is. It's like, you're not important, you piece of shit. I hope you lose your legs in a war. That's the thing. Like, I I don't know. Um, I I don't know that he will appreciate the video because I think he'll feel personally called out multiple times as the problem of the Brony oh, community. Absolutely. That's that's the thing is that she she brought up pretty much everything that's good about the show and everything that's good about the community, and then acknowledged the problems with the community, which everyone will take personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and, which is the problem. Like, th- there's a there's a funny kind of irony in that you can't. I think she said more than once, like, she would bring up a topic and point out that you're not allowed to say that, so everyone will be mad at me in a minute. Yeah, she was really funny about that. I do think when she was bringing up, like, the porn stuff, she kind of just blamed it on the furries, and it and it's like, no, I think, like, porn arrives out of a thing because Rule 34 is a legitimate rule well, of the internet. Like, I, I think it's not as complicated or, or blameless. It, it, Hey, here's a new cartoon. It's super easy to draw. It's kind of cute. People are going to draw saucy shit and then it's going to spiral because enough people want to jerk off to it. Like, I, I don't I think, think there's anything complicated. There's, a, there's kind of a difference there. I, I don't think she was talking about the existence of that stuff. I think what she was talking about was the fact that they're so open about it at the conventions where like you can buy these pillows that they're all on display. That was disturbing as shit, especially when that, it came to the underage characters. And it's like, here's Apple Bloom, and it's like, she's like 12 in this show. That's a very, that's a furry convention thing. Yeah, that's bad. Don't do um, that. That that was what she was really talking about. I, not just the existence of that stuff. She had a pie chart, and it was like, I bet 30% of people are here for porn. It's like, I don't know. Maybe I, there's a lot I, of porn. <laughs> it didn't used to look like that. Um, I think that as, as reasonable people kind of got bored with it. Like I, I personally, I stopped watching the show around, I guess, after season three, like I saw some parts of season four and then I fell off really hard. Mm -hmm. And that's right about the point where everyone that brings up the show is insufferable, where I couldn't enjoy it even ironically anymore. Sure. Um, there's still like cute things about it. But I remember when, like, episode 100 came out, and it was a bunch of, like, internet meme references and fan canon, and it's like, yeah, I, I'm good. I really like that episode, but there is a certain level of novelty I, to it. Yeah, I appreciate what it was, but it also, it didn't make me feel like, oh, I, I gotta catch up on the show. It was more like, oh, yeah, I, Dr. Hooves, I get it. It is, it is a strange thing that exists. It is, yeah. really, it is legitimately a funny episode. But it also is like one of the reasons it's funny is because you know all the memes and in jokes, and so it definitely appealed to me as someone who was still watching the show at the time and mostly enjoying it. At that point, it hadn't completely fallen off the rails in terms of quality. Um, I get why people see that episode in the way they do, but I do think it is a legitimately really good episode. And just I, the show is for a specific demographic, and they threw a bone to the side one. I don't I don't think like the idea of like oh the bronies stole it from kids. I don't I don't believe that at all. They they gave us one episode, right? Like they they referenced a shitload of dumb jokes in one episode and then stopped. And it's just it, to me it's kind of like this weird almost iconic part of like 
TV cinema. Like it, it's nothing more than that. It's just funny. And oh yeah, there, it there's is. yeah, there's some people who think it like this is really bad for these reasons or this is really good for these reasons. It's like no, it's just it's just literally what it is. It doesn't need to be. You don't have to read into it. It's just an episode of a show. Yeah. Um. I think the other thing that kind of bugged me was I had a weird thing with uh, derpy hooves. Sure. That kind of rubbed me the wrong way the more I thought about it. I think that's one thing that made me like like the series less was this experience my friend had. Did, did I talk about derpy hooves before? No, I think this might be new to me. Um. So they they had an episode where I guess if anyone isn't familiar with My Little Pony. In the first episode, there was an animation error with a background character, and their eyes were crossed. But the fans noticed that, like, one of the eyes didn't get animated. They're like, aha, look at the, the cross-eyed one. That's my favorite now. And so th- there was this, like, uh, fan base for this background character called Derpy Hooves. And Hasbro acknowledged that fandom, and she started to show up in, like, background shots with the crossed eyes repeatedly. And so it was kind of like this fun Where's Waldo thing. It was like, oh, there's Derpy Hose. Uh. I really like that, by the way, for the record. It I was really fun looking for her. Yeah. So later they decided to give her a speaking role. And they, they literally name dropped. Like Rainbow Dash calls her Derpy. Mm-hmm. And there, it's like she's working at a moving company or something. And she dropped a box. And she goes, oops, sorry. And that's it. She has like one or two lines. Um. I guess someone complained because she talks with like, with like a dumb voice where it's like, oops, sorry. Yeah. And and people complained that that was kind of like ableist or something. And so they changed the voice. And I hated a, that. There's like a, a censored version where she has a regular, like My Little Pony high pitched girl voice. Yes. So a friend of mine who's, who is a woman had this, uh, she loved the pony stuff too. She loved Dr. Hooves. And she loved, there's like a fan fiction where Dr. Hooves and Derpy team up together, which is also like canonified in that episode 100 thing. And so when Derpy finally spoke, I remember my friend was like ecstatic. Like, like, oh, they gave Derpy a speaking line. Oh my gosh, I love her. It's so great. Blah, blah, blah. Later, when they redubbed it and she had the high-pitched voice, she took offense because this particular lady has a very, she has a relatively deep voice for a woman. Okay. And it made her think, like, well, wait, are they saying that women aren't allowed to have deep voices? And it didn't, she didn't, like, identify with Derpy for having a deeper voice. But once that was considered offensive and then corrected, it made her think, well, okay, are they saying that my voice needs to be corrected? And she literally, like, wrote in a letter to Hasbro to kind of complain about that and, like, stopped paying attention to the, the series after that. Like, it actually kind of upset her. And thinking about it, it's like... Like, what? Can't you just let something be? Like, if people complain about something, can you just say, oh, that didn't land and move on? Yeah, that was a weird. I, I remember being kind of annoyed by that, too. Obviously, for different reasons. More of the idea of, like, they she had, like, a, a kind of a dopey lower voice, but I don't think they were trying to be offensive. They just thought it was funny. And then people were like, I'm taking offense by this. And they're like, shit, we can't have people offended. We better change it. And then they offended other people by changing it. And it's like, you're super in a damned if you do, damned if you don't roll. Just, yeah, like, not every joke is for everybody. Leave it as is and move on. And if you have to publicly apologize, I guess fine, but don't change it. It just, it was it was a really weird moment. And, and then obviously after that, she really started to not show up in the episodes. I don't think she was in season four at all. 
And then in season five, she showed up a little bit. Like, it was like kind of the death knell for the character because they they did too much. It, they they reactionaried it. You know, they had like, okay, we fucked up. We just have to get rid of her completely because we don't we don't want to do this again. Yeah. So I don't know. I that was right about the time that I stopped caring. Also, but like seeing my friends' love for it fall apart was like, I don't know, contagious. Sure. It made me think about other things too, like the. The ratio of people that appreciate it for a cartoon versus, like, these creepy people. Because there's, like, a whole, like, headcanon thing and the weird, like, furry drama thing happens. Right. And it's, like, th- there was stuff where, like, the community was more toxic than not. It definitely got that way. It's a weird community because I've met, in the furry community is the same, where I've met, like, really great people in there and I've read just, like, the m- most horrific, awful, please walk in front of a car people. And there's a certain level of, like, that's fandoms, right? You're getting the shitty people, you're getting the good people. At any fandom you could describe this to, whether it's, like, Dragon Ball Z or Rick and Morty or Star Trek. But Now, I, I, I just had this observation that I want to share. I think the pony thing was always furry. Probably? I think there's a, there's a line people like to draw, but ultimately they're anthropomorphized character animals. Right. They are just they're horses that have human personalities. And I think people like to draw a line because there's like a stigma of, well, I don't like furries, but then I was like, well, I like this one thing. I'm just wondering, like, are there subgroups in the furry community where it's like, I only like the Disney Robin Hood style. I don't like the Disney Lion King style. I mean, probably the furry community is pretty weird. So I, I kind of wonder, like, it's that's basically the same as the My Little Pony thing where it's like, no, I only like the Hasbro-style furries. Here's my dragon fursona that's literally on paper no different than yours, but I'm superior to you. I did... One of the things... I, I really like that Jenny video because... I, I really like that she talked about her involvement within the fandom. And I I actually saw some backlash from her, like she was bragging. And it's like, she's clearly not. She's like mostly deeply ashamed. <laughs> but I remember watching Friendship is Witchcraft when it came out. In enjoying but, it, but back up. Why not brag? That's her accomplishments. I she did a fucking great job. She did most of the voices and the songs, and I was like, "Holy shit, you sing Panky's Brew? That was great! Like this is an awesome piece of voice acting." But she did all the voices well. Like she she was able to do like all the main ponies and Spike, and it's like I'm, I'm watching. She has like a highlight reel where it cuts through a bunch of characters, and it's like, yeah. Wait, she did that one. Like, it's like, oh, well, like, I didn't know she could do voices like this. I, I know some of it's, like, probably pitch shift a bit, but she nails the accents and the inflections just right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really impressive. You know what's funny, though, is she doesn't mention, I know, um, because the, there was two abridged series at the time. There was hers, and then there was the uh, mentally advanced abridged series by Flim, Flim Flam Philosophy. Um, I don't remember the man's name that does that. But they, t- he was at one point writing for Friendship is Witchcraft, and then left due to creative differences and did his own thing. And so it is funny that I don't know how much of an involvement he was on the first couple episodes of, of that series, but I know he did leave to do his own thing. But obviously, like, she doesn't mention him at all, right? But I, it's like, I know he was involved for a bit because I followed his stuff. I liked what he was doing more because it involved, like, a lot of dumb Lovecraft shit and his weird brand of humor. He also was, he didn't become internet famous, right? Like, uh, 
he that was his peak and then he fell and now he does web comics sometimes maybe and probably works a normal day job i don't know if i have a point with this other than like here's a piece of pony drama for for the horse famous ones that i know from back in the day i had a lot of fun at the one pony convention i went to i had no idea you went to a pony convention i think we talked about it but probably i'm drunk um me, me and richard went and we had a lot of fun. There was a there was this adorable um they the family dressed up like the the Apple family. Like they didn't have like horse fursuits, but like the clothing was clearly the whole farm family, right? And their booth was selling apple juice. And it's like that is adorable. That and we is... toured we toured the whole floor, right? And we're we're checking, you know, looking at stuff, and it's like, oh, there's that art. Oh, I remember that artist over there. It's like, oh, that person over there. That's cool. That's that's funny. They're here. And then me and Rich are like, you know what would be good? Let's go get some of that apple juice. And so we we went all the way back, and we said, hey, we'd like two apple juices, please. Um, and the the Applejack lady was there. It's like, well, sure thing. And she turned around, and then she's like, oh, I think we're just sold out. I don't have any left. I I thought we're, I thought there were literally two here, and they're all gone now. And so I mean, Rich, like, oh man. And we turn to the side, and there's two Flim Flim brothers, and they're laughing and pointing at us. <laughs> and it was like, what the fuck? Did they stage this? What the fuck? Like, it was so spot on, like that episode. And it, that was like a highlight. It was like, we didn't get orange juice. And it was like, oh, it's just like in the show. <laughs> it was, that was amazing to me. Um, But yeah, we went to see Max Gallardi. Yeah, because he was nearing completion on his series, like he was doing that like long animated series, and the the Rainbow Dash finale was like so long that he actually couldn't get it finished in time for the show. But to make it up to us, he uh, invited um, Aaron Hansen to come join him on the panel. So Eagle Raptor fucking shows up, and he's like my animation idol from the internet. Yeah, yeah, so it's yeah. like, wait, so my two favorite animators are here. <laughs> like, what in the world? Because Aaron did voices in the series. Um, he did Rarity, which I I love his version of Rarity so much. I I, I really I really enjoy the the but, Pony Dot Mob stuff. Very good. Yeah. Um, and so that was fun. And what I loved was Max has this like insult comedy style to help running the panel. So he like introduced Aaron Hansen, Eagle Raptor. He's gonna come out on stage. Woo! And so like everyone like claps and waves, and Aaron sits down. And so Max like scoot over, and he pulled out his phone, and, and he's just like texting. And he's like, okay, yeah, so we can do questions, whatever. And so someone comes like, hi, uh, hi, how's it going, demon? Um, that I wanted to ask you like, what was your inspiration for um ma- making Fluttershy a serial murderer? Because I thought that was really clever, and I'm wondering what your inspiration was. And he's, like, and he's like, he doesn't look up from his phone, and he goes, yeah, I'm gonna let Aaron answer that. <laughs> <laughs> and he did that for, like, half the questions. <laughs> and then, um, it, like, people would walk up, and, like, like someone would walk up to the mic, and he'd go, oh, hey, that's a really cool homosexual cosplay. It's really convincing. And, like, everybody's laughing, because they're all on the same page, and it was, like, it was one of the best panels I've seen in a long time. That sounds really great. It was, yeah, it was kind of a hoot. Um, it's one of those things where, like, those jokes land because of the context of them, right? Like, 
Because you can say that and avoid the and like that's offensive. But no, it's like you have to be there. You have to understand his sense of humor. Everyone does. That's why they're there. Like the the audience. It's really funny to me to tell like a gay joke to an audience of My Little Pony fans who are there for your My Little Pony cartoon. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's a sub-level of humor there where it's like, y- you have to appreciate the idea of him pretending that that he can, like, uphold homophobia in this context. Right. Like, it, it's kind of like, oh, you, you, you were able to work it in <laughs> and make it land where everyone actually laughed. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. It, yeah, it was really cool seeing him in person. Um... I think Richard bought a poster off of him. Nice. That he still has like framed up on the wall. He he got that rarity poster where it was like the propaganda inside the sweatshop where it's just very oh, glaring and it's God, just like that's go good. to work in Spanish. Like that's like hanging over his bed at night. One of the great things about the Hi, Ginny Richard. video. Hi Richard is when she's talking about the uh, the different cons she's been to and and like being in them and then being part of them and how like the last one like all the irony has been stripped away, and it's only the people that like the show are left. But it's also the biggest con that she's ever been to, as far as the brony thing goes. And I think there's like a really nice through line. Is like this started as like this ironic thing. Oh, we like a children's cartoon for little girls. We're men. Ha ha. That's so funny. Versus this is a good cartoon. We legitimately like it. And like it ends up with that. Those are the only people that are left. Like there's enough good stuff here that people want to be here. Well, There's good I, yeah, stuff I in love, the fandom. Um, I love the attitude that comes from like a bunch of people on the same page. Yeah, she she brought up the way that people will like they'll they'll all repeat a joke that's like an inside joke that formed five minutes ago. Yeah, like there was that one incident where they had a concert on the second floor of a hotel, and they couldn't and, jump because it was like structurally not sound. Yeah, they were told like they had to make an announcement. It was like, please don't jump, and so everyone's like, okay. But then whenever they were excited, everyone starts chanting, don't jump, don't jump, instead of jumping. Yeah, and it was that's like, fucking it's funny. great. Yeah, it's I would like, love and everyone's to laughing be and enjoying it. At a concert where that happened, right? Like, I've been to so many live things, and you don't get... Sometimes you get things close to, but you never get that. Like, where everybody is 100% on the same page, including the, the performers. Like, it just... I've never seen that, and I think it is so magical to just all be so connected that way. Like that—that's why you go to live performances. That's why you go to shows and see things like that. Is because you connect with people. But the way she's describing this fandom and in these events is like more than anything I've ever seen. Like the closest thing is maybe like the Insane Clown Posse concert I went to, where the Juggalos are just dumb and, and don't give a shit and just will do shit like that. Like. But even then, it's not that coherent. Yeah, I think that might be a closer example. Um, I have felt that at a at BlizzCon, and it's like I was there the year that they announced that Diablo phone game that like single handedly destroyed Activision's stock value. Oh God, that was great! I was in the audience when they announced that, and I was in the audience at the Q and A when the guy said, "Is this an out of season April Fool's joke?" And it's like that uh, on the floor. That was really fun. Yeah. The context of the whole show, it was like a normal BlizzCon. Like, everything was so cool. I had such a good time there. And then I check my phone, and I'm reading online, and everyone's like, I can't believe Blizzard's And I was like, wow, you guys are missing out on the fun, because holy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, 
when you're when you're in a huge environment where everyone's there to enjoy the exact same thing, it's so easy to enjoy that thing, and that is intoxicating. Yeah. Um, we're at an hour six. I feel like this has been a kind of a fun conversation. It's been all over the place a little bit. We're talking about video games, talking about some pony shit. Do you want to wrap up? Yeah, you you teased your uh, glad space that I spoiled. So my glad space is music again because I am a basic bitch. But also, Taylor Swift just stealth dropped an album like midnight of yesterday or today. Stealth drop. She just there you go. She's like on Thursday morning. She's like, hey, guess what? I have an album coming out in twelve hours. I hope you like it. And it's like, what the fuck? Are you serious? Because when uh when she releases an album, there's like months of prep work in in like publicity, like her album because her albums are gonna go basically platinum. Like she's one of the few artists that will sell that many albums. And so for her to be like, oh, it's been quarantine. I've been sad, and I have like music friends, and I can play the piano. Guess what? I made I made an album over the last like two months. Here you go. Is fucking crazy. And to just drop it with no fanfare is crazy. And so I, I got to listen to it a bit yesterday, and then and then I got to finish it today uh, while I was at work. And it is like a legitimately really good album. It's a super huge departure, kind of, from her music. It's very folksy. It's not a pop album. It's more like an alternative. She's on the piano. There's a lot of like acoustic guitar. There's some strings. It's very somber music. There's no really big like dance songs. Like her last three albums were were very straight pop albums. There's no like shake it off on this, right? Like, but it is a it is a really really good album. It's super moody. It has like this really brilliant, dark kind of thoughtful tone about the major topics she covers in all her albums. So you you can tell like she has her style, but she's evolved. She's like a thirty year old person. But she's still writing about the same things, but she can tell that, like, she has a new perspective on it. She's grown as a person. And this is what she feels like about love and teenage love and, and, and the first person you fall in love with and all. You know, it, it's it's her thing, but it's from an adult's perspective. And it's really, really good. I recommend people listen to it, even if you don't like Taylor Swift music, because this is really different from normal Taylor Swift music. It's all on YouTube. The album's called Folklore. It's all on Spotify, and it's free if you if you fucking stream it. So just fucking have at it. Wow, yeah. What was that? That was Crash Bandicoot. That was that's Crash Bandicoot's one canon line. I don't like when they made him speak. That didn't work for me. Hmm. They gave him the most like offensively stereotypical Australian accent. Way to go, Naughty Dog. <sighs> yeah, that wasn't Naughty Dog's decision. That was all an Activision. Yeah, sounds pretty accurate. Um, I'm happy that that Crash Bandicoot 4 actually looks good. Did you see that yet? No. Man, the art design on that... Um, man, fuck Halo. I'm <laughs> <laughs> if Crash you. 4 looks better, like I'm, you, you fucked up. There's a problem, dude. Okay, what? I'm sorry, I've been drinking too. Is, Hooray! What's your glad space, you bitch? Um, so I was, we were talking about, like, convention fun and being on the same page. Yeah. Uh, kind of a bummer this year that, uh, nearly all conventions have been canceled. Yeah. So this last weekend, uh, I attended a convention. Electronically, I imagine. 
Yeah, the Mega 64 Expo. Oh, fuck yeah. How was that? Did, did you catch any of it? No. Well, it's good. They've been putting up highlights on their YouTube. So you can actually catch like some of the fun bits. But watching it all live from like beginning to end was a, it felt like going to an actual convention. Um what they did was they role played that they were at a convention center. So they had a live stream of their booth and they set up their booth in front of the green screen like exactly the way that they would at a real convention. Like the same layout, they had all the shirts laid out. They had the little like demo reel uh screen there. Um they had extras come on and like ask if things were free and then walk away. Nice. Um they had people run so they could say no running. Um they had these little segments where they like they were waiting for a guy to show up and so it cut to like camera footage of him like trying to get a parking spot but the parking is $65 and like do a little skit about that. And like there were a bunch of like convention inside jokes. Sure. Um they had a bunch of con exclusive merch and it went on sale and sold out within 5 minutes. Like they were literally they're unveiling each item like they were making it all go live like one at a, item at a time. So it's like here's the pin Here's a close-up of the pin. It's going live now. Okay, cool. And here's here's this shirt. Look at this shirt. It's going live now. So I want to get the pin. And I waited two shirts in, and then the shirt I wanted went live. And then it was sold out of the shirt. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, they were literally, like, on stage. <laughs> like, this was how they opened the day, and, they're like, their jaws dropped. And it's like, well, well, <laughs> you can you can pre-order the next run. We're going to open up pre-orders. <laughs> it was like... <laughs> They literally, they bought enough stock that they would bring to an actual convention. And so their plan was, hopefully, they'll sell it all by the end right. of the day. Not within five minutes. Dude, I fucking love the shit out of Mega64. Mega I've been listening to that podcast and, and just following their content, mostly their podcast, since, for like, ten years. And, like, I feel like they've, they haven't changed a bit, but they've changed enough to follow the time so that... And, they're still. I just love that they're still the same genuine people. They laugh I mean, at the same evolved. shit. Like yeah. they've evolved, but they're they haven't like changed in this like cynical way. Like they're they're genuine. Yes, it it is so great. I fucking love that they're doing well. Like like yeah. I don't follow Rooster Teeth at all anymore. I don't give a shit about them. No, but I still follow Mega Sixty Four. I don't think any of the founders are still at Rooster Teeth. Did you hear Bernie left? Yes, that was fucking crazy. Well, that's the thing. I was thinking about it, and it's like, what what is Rooster Teeth? They fired, like, like, Joel for being, turning into, like, this weird, like, racist piece of shit or, like, gold-peddling libertarian or whatever. But even then, like, what, did he actually, like, do something or did they just disagree on something? No, I, I mean, he was, like, I think all I he did know. was, like, one voice and, like, I don't know if they really cared anymore. But, like, I heard they got rid of him because he turned into just, like, this awful toxic person. And it's like, so wait, even... Joel's gone, and then, like, Bernie left, and he moved to Australia to live with his wife or something? I think only Jeff has left, but he's, like, a husk of a man. Have you seen him? Like, he's been a husk he's... of a man his whole life. Uh, no, I mean, if you see, like, before-after pictures, it's like, is he dying? Like, Jesus, he's, he really? Because literally... I thought that the first time I saw him. No, he, he does not look at all well. Like, have you seen man. that meme going around where, like, the lady says, like, Hey, honey, it's time for your four o'clock dick flattening. No, that's and he looks like the guy, like where like his his it's like his his soul is gone and his fat is like succumbing over his face, so he just like droops and he's like this emotionless thing that you can poke and prod to push where you want to. That sucks. 
I yeah, Rooster Teeth is a very depressing brand, so I like Mega Sixty Four. Um, they, yeah, meanwhile, Mega Sixty Four—they're all losing weight, looking healthier. So I love um they they also had panels, and they didn't just do like their panel where they they show their favorite clips or they they tell stories. They also had like panels for made up properties. Nice. So they did these like improv bits where like one of them was this like Catholic gaming newsletter. And so it was like a Catholic's perspective on on new games and stuff and how how hard it is to keep up to date when you don't use the internet and you're not sure if your kids should be playing games. So it's like it's hard. And they were able to do this like improv bit for like an hour where it was like a full nice. panel. Um and they kept like accidentally cutting the footage of the last of us two and like flipping out. <laughs> and uh, they had to cut the panel early because one of the guys like pulled a knife out and started like stabbing people and so it was a whole <laughs> incident. Um at one point, like they had their booth that was live streaming, and Derek left and he came back. He's like, guys, guys, I was just from the boss fish uh, booth and I, I spun the wheel and I got a boss fish, and he had this weird prop where he just he had this fish. It's like a plastic fish that he taped sunglasses to. And it's just like, and everyone's like pretending that they care about boss fish because mm, it's like, mm, mm, that's how these conventions are. There's always something you've never heard of, but everyone else is in on it. Sure. And so he just like, he was like, he kept bringing up boss fish and they'd have like fans call in and, and people would say like, oh, I can't believe you got boss fish. I love boss fish. And like, yeah, what's your favorite boss fish quote? And it's like, like, I'm the boss fish. And then they'll clap. Oh, you sound just like, um, and it was just, it felt like an actual convention. People were tweeting about, like, the line outside so long. And, like, oh, my gosh, I saw, I got boss fish, too. I got a boss fish. And it was, like, everyone, like, being in character in this weird, like, denial that you can't do this stuff. <laughs> it was nice. It was the best day. I They are fucking brilliant. Like, I am but, so glad they only keep getting, like, bigger and better as they go along. Like, they deserve all of it because they are great people from what I gather from their podcast, but just like, they're really, really good at what they do. They're so fucking funny. Yeah. Um, their Patreon content's been good too. Like I, I don't want to sound like I'm shilling for them, but give them a couple bucks and you get some really good videos. Um, but if you want free videos, I do recommend check out stuff on YouTube because they've been putting up convention highlights. They had a cosplay contest. God. Um, Derek, I love <laughs> Derek's costume. I think he was the best. But it was a combination of Goku and the Joker. Oh, God. So it was the, it was Joku, and he has to stop Frieza, but only if everyone will laugh with him. <laughs> and it's like, man, I, I kind of love this stuff. They are gr- I swear to God, oh. I live for their Christmas cast every year, where they just, like, eat garbage food until they vomit. Oh. Like, it's oh, Sean... So- Sean had this combination of Tron and Dracula, where it was just it was a Tron costume, but with a Dracula coat, <laughs> coat over it, and it was like Tron for us two or something. Awesome, and that was. <laughs> and he was like, and he kept saying like, "I want to suck your res," and like it didn't make sense, and everyone's like clapping, and, <laughs> and the, oh, and then they they closed out the show. They had their finale panel, but then after the panel. They had an anime dance rave where it was just an hour of them like meandering in a in a, under a black light to this like horrible dubstep, weird samples thrown in. <laughs> like it was just, it really felt like going to a convention. Nice. They they pulled it off more even more than they promised. I got my shirt. I got that pre ordered. Um, that was a that was one of the most fun times I had this year. 
Fuck yeah. I'm not even exaggerating. God, it's, <laughs> it's a low bar this year. <laughs> this year sucks balls. I hate that the last concert I went to was Mod Sun. I really liked that concert. It was the first time I ever got high. But also, I was supposed to go to like five more concerts, and I didn't. And I'm so... I just, I miss them so much. I want to get drunk and listen to music and jump around like an asshole. It's been, it's been weird. I'm kind of tired of all the, have you been grocery shopping? Yeah, I have to get food. I, I, I need to eat. I'm not a plant. I've been, I've been having these problems where like I go to the grocery store and there's like, there's all these like dead bodies piled up outside because everyone's suffocating because they have to wear those masks. Mm-hmm. And it's just getting really tough out there. I found a cool one I might get next. It's it's like a cat skull, but it's on your face, like the bottom, like your jaws, like got like the cat fangs and the your. That sounds cool. Yeah, it looks really cool. I was like, oh, that one's deep. It's only like ten dollars. Etsy's great. Oh. Don't go to Etsy because you will spend a lot of money on stupid <laughs> shit. Yeah, but also support people. Everyone needs a buck. The, and that's the thing, right? Like, I w- like I went with a local plumber from where I live. And and I've had people at work like, oh, you should go with these people because they're not like the local guy. They'll fuck you. And it's like, no, that dude's great. Like, he's not going to fuck me. I've had him before. But also, he lives here. Like, I want to give him my business. He's from Minnesota. That That's the whole thing. Like, support local. More so now than ever. <laughs> they're having problems staying afloat. It's hard right now. Break your toilet and bring in the good plumber. Yeah, fuck some shit up. Shit some fuck up. Exactly. We done, we're in hour 20. When I'm feeling lonely, sad as I can be, all by myself in an uncharted island in an endless sea. What makes me happy, fills me up with glee. Those bones in my jaw that don't have a flaw, my shiny teeth and me. My shiny teeth that twinkle just like the stars in space. My shiny teeth that sparkle. My shiny teeth that glisten just like a Christmas. Oh, fuck that up. I didn't do it right, everybody. I'm gonna delete that.